Section 15 of True Stories About Pets, edited by Jane Gray Swisshelm. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Storks by Mrs. Susan Archer Weiss. I was once on a visit to the family of the good old pastor of a village in the northern part of Germany. The parsonage was a long, low stone house, half covered with ivy and roses, which gave it a very picturesque appearance. It stood in the midst of a large garden, which in summer time was full of fruits and flowers. But when I first saw it, in March, the snow still lingered about the hedges, and the pastor's children were eagerly counting the days until it should be spring. On the south gable of the house, built snugly up against the warm chimney, was a stork's nest. It was a rough, ugly pile of sticks and twigs, nearly as large as a baby's cradle, and at this season was unoccupied. The pastor's family told me that for many years past a pair of storks had been accustomed to spend the summer here, arriving always on the 1st of April and leaving on the 1st of August for a warm southern climb. There were many little villages surrounding ours, each of which had one pair of storks in it and the birds all arrive and depart together in a body on the same day. Many a story did the children tell me of their own special storks, which they called by the names of Hans and Mina, and seemed to consider as almost a part of the family. "'When the storks come,' said Bertha, "'it will be spring, and the crocuses will blossom. It is funny, but the crocuses always do wait for the storks.' One day there was a storm with rain and lightning. The pastor's wife was alarmed, for in this flat, sandy country the lightning often strikes the houses, and sometimes whole villages are thereby consumed. "'When the storks come,' said Fritz, "'we shall be safe from the lightning, for it never strikes a house where there are storks in the nest.' This is the belief of many persons in Germany, and they are therefore glad to have the storks build upon their houses and are very careful not to injure or frighten them away. In time the snow was all gone, and little brown leaf buds began to swell on the trees, and the tinge of green showed itself about the garden and on the heath. One bright sunny day, as I sat writing in my room, a sudden glad cry arose from the children in the garden. The storks! The storks! I turned hastily to the almanac for the day of the month. It was the first of April. Looking from my window, I saw on the lower roof, a few feet below me, a splendid large bird, with snow-white plumage touched with jet black and long legs, and bill of a brilliant red color. He stood erect, turning his head from side to side with bright, sharp glances, as if examining what changes had taken place in his absence. Then, after waiting a while, he threw his head back over his shoulder and struck his hard bill upon the strong hollow bone of his wing producing a loud rattling sound that could be heard at a great distance. He was calling his mate, for the stork has no voice, and this is the only sound that he can produce at any time. The children shouted, How do you do, Hans? Welcome home, Hans. Where's Mina? But Hans took no notice. He was apparently very uneasy and for some hours kept up an incessant rattling. The pastor began to fear that poor Mina had perished by the way, as so many do in their annual migration. 
at length the bird took wing and for hours could be seen slowly sailing high in the air above the village and the heath as if looking for his mate he came back sad and dispirited and moped till dark on the housetop refusing the food which we sympathizingly offered next morning he was off again evening came on when lo there was a rush and a flutter in the air and a weary bird drooping and bedraggled descended to the house gable and there rested seemingly too tired to move it was the missing mina when hans came home what a rattling and rejoicing there was on the housetop and next day when the birds had rested and dressed their plumage how busy they became cleaning and repairing their nest now too they lost their first shyness and became familiar as they recognized their old friends hans was always rather distant and proud but mina would come when called to be fed just as the poultry did and would sometimes even allow her back to be stroked they would daily take long flights from home and once when we were riding on the heath many miles away from our village we recognized hans and mina stalking about a newly ploughed field busily picking up the worms and grub which but for them would have done mischief to the farmer's flax and buckwheat we called to them and hans stood on one leg and surveyed us with a surprised and haughty air while mina threw her head back and rattled i suppose she knew us if the birds had contented themselves with a diet of worms and mice and frogs all would have been well but they were also very fond of picking the bees from the flowers when the little insects were busily gathering honey and would even stand near the hives at the bottom of the garden and snap them up with a quick motion as they flew in and out of the hives we built a lattice around the hives and this in a measure protected the little honey-makers but it was not long before the birds were guilty of a greater mischief than killing bees the children had other pets beside the storks fritz had a pair of rabbits and lena took great delight in watching and feeding the little brown sparrows which occupied the box in the great linden tree whose broad branches spread over half the house one day there was a great flutter and commotion in the linden and on going out to see what could be the matter we found all the sparrows darting in and out of the tree in great distress while hans with a very satisfied air stood on one of the branches within reach of the box we hastened to drive him away but it was too late he had already thrust his long bill into each of the little round holes of the box and devoured every one of the young birds after that we placed the box in another part of the tree against the side of the house where he could not reach it by and by more little sparrows came but the stork never got another taste of them meanwhile fritz's rabbits had a little family of twelve young ones tiny creatures scarce three inches long soft and shining as satin they had their nest under the house and had been there two weeks before we ever saw them and how delighted the children were when one day mother rabbit came forth with her dozen of little ones hopping and skipping around her what a pretty sight it was and how funny to see them all on the least alarm melt away as it were from sight and disappear into their hole like magic all the children in the village came to see them and never was a boy so happy as fritz with his rabbits but alas when some days had passed on counting the young family we found that one was missing 
on the day following there were only ten and the next day but nine what could have become of the rabbits i was sitting in an arbor one morning reading when i observed the old rabbits come out from their hole and i watched to see the little ones follow how wild and shy they had lately become suddenly i saw the old ones crouch throw back their long ears and stare in mingled fear and rage with protruding eyes at some object round the corner of the house soon it came in sight the stork hans walking gingerly along turning his long crooked neck this way and that pretending not to see the rabbits yet all the time sidling nearer in a sly sneaking sort of way i knew it in a moment it was he who had eaten the rabbits the little ones fled into their burrow at first sight of him and the old ones followed the bird stepped cautiously to the side of the house and stood for some time motionless with his head down silently watching the entrance to the burrow presently a little shining head appeared and vanished then another more bold followed and in an instant before i could even scream that long sharp bill had darted down and the poor innocent little rabbit had disappeared after this the young rabbits were kept in a hutch until they were too large for the storks to swallow which was about two weeks but a time soon came when this cruel hans who as bertha said made so little of eating other people's children had trouble about his own and this was the way of it mina had laid two large fine eggs in the nest on the housetop but one day we found one of them thrown out by the birds and on examination discovered it to be addled and on the very next day a bit of stone fell from the chimney-top into the nest and broke the remaining egg the birds were very much distressed hans seemed to think it was mina's fault and strutted angrily about making a quarrelsome rattling we felt very sorry for their disappointment the summer would be a sad and lonely one to them poor things with no little ones to busy themselves about in this state of affairs a happy thought occurred to the pastor his wife had just brought in some goose eggs newly laid two of these he took and ascending to the roof by means of a short ladder deposited them in the stork's nest he had hardly done so when mina returned and with a great fuss and flutter proceeded to take her place upon the nest evidently under the impression that these eggs were the original ones that she must have been mistaken in supposing them destroyed hans too evinced great satisfaction and the two were again happy and satisfied but one morning before we were all fairly awake what an awful clatter on the roof the eggs were hatched but what strange little monsters were those in the nest not storks no indeed but two round broad-billed splay-footed yellowish balls of down such as had never before been seen in a respectable stork's nest no wonder that the poor mother stork was bewildered and distressed and that hans after staring with all his might at the little changelings stood with neck feathers on end and rattled himself nearly distracted you will hardly believe what i am now going to tell you but it is what i and the pastor's family saw with our own eyes after rattling and stalking about for a long time hans suddenly became quiet stood on one leg and solemnly surveyed poor mina 
he looked exactly as if he were thinking what ought to be done with those changelings and in what manner mina ought to be punished for having pretended that the eggs were her own then he suddenly flew away and in an hour returned with six other storks you ought to have seen this company as they sat on the roof staring at the wonderful creatures in the nest and every now and then rattling as if to express their astonishment at length they walked up to the nest pecked the poor innocent little goslings to death and then falling on mina pecked and cut her and struck her with their strong wings and would no doubt have killed her outright if the pastor had not hastily ascended to the roof and driven them off hans went away with them nor did he return the whole summer he could not forgive mina the trick which he fancied she had played upon him as to mina herself we took her up torn and bleeding and the pastor's good wife tenderly bound up her wounds and made her a bed in the poultry coop where she nursed and fed her until she got well she soon became very tame and would follow us about like a dog and at meal-time stand at the door to receive the choice morsels thrown to her by the children at length she was quite well and strong and then she grew restless and suddenly one day was missing a neighbor had seen her flying toward the northeast in the direction of the woodland marshes where the storks congregate before taking their departure in a body for the south neither hans nor mina ever returned End of section fifteen. Recording by Scotty Smith. End of True Stories About Pets by Jane Gray Swisshelm.